Hello and welcome back to The Accommodation Show. We help accommodation owners like you get the knowledge and skills that you need to grow your business, improve your guest experience and increase your profitability. Okay folks, welcome back to The Accommodation Show. Today is a fantastic day, it's a wonderful day because I'm joined by Marcus Radar. Marcus is a wealth of knowledge. He's been in this space for quite a number of years. He started up a tech company called Hostaway with his co-founders, and they are really doing great things in the uh, short-term rental space, in the accommodation space, working with hotels, motels, you name the business size, they're working with it. Now, without further ado, gonna welcome Marcus. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Now, um, the audience might know or might not know that quite often before I uh, interview people, I'll have a bit of a chat. And it's during that time that I get to know the guest and get to know what they're all about. And from that moment when I do that first meet up with you to actually doing this interview and to coming together and talking about things, um, my excitement level changes depending on the guest. My excitement level for today was very, very high. Um, because I know you have a lot of information and a lot of knowledge and us actually finding a topic to talk about today was our tricky part um, and you had some great ideas. So today, folks, we're going to be talking about niche markets. Um, and But before we do, Marcus, can you introduce yourself, let everybody know a little bit about yourself, about your business and what you get up to in this, uh, in this crazy world? All right, uh, absolutely. So um, I'm Marcus. Uh, people usually refer to me as uh, Marcus from Hostaway. Um, and, uh, I, I kind of like that that name. I feel very comfortable with, with Marcus from Hostaway. Um, I'm originally from, uh, from Finland, but I lived in, in a bunch of different uh, countries, um, come from a fairly multicultural background, uh, and, uh, and I ended up living for the last six years in, in a fairly multicultural city, uh, Toronto in, in Canada. And um, when, I, when I moved here, I, I started looking into the, into the short-term rental space and, and decided now it's, really, now it's really a good time to put some, uh, some hard effort into market research and, and really figure out what's going on in this market. And what I found was uh, a unique opportunity, um, uh, a growing market, which, uh, which got a lot of, of uh, macro trends, uh, such as uh, travel, globalization, uh, internationalization, and now especially working from home, uh, which already then supported the whole idea of, of renting out a home or renting a home in, in the first place. Uh, so that's what I always look at when I look into markets. But then when I did more research, I found out that there was a, there was a clear gap in, in the need for technology and the technology that was available. But, um, but it's not like we, we built anything groundbreaking per se, because what, what was really needed back then was something that wasn't possible to build. So uh, as we started the company, we had to, to wait many years and actually work actively with the industry to to make things happen uh, to give to give one example when we started airbnb didn't have any channel partners at all nobody was uh, able to bring inventory to airbnb and it took them three years to even open up a partner program 
and uh, and just uh, last week we announced that we're now a preferred partner of Airbnb. So that's just one of the many things that have uh, have changed um, that that we knew we couldn't do from the start, but it's been a very exciting journey. Yeah, I bet, I bet, and so much has changed obviously now because of COVID. But since you first started, and the marketplace is changing constantly and evolving, and and as you mentioned, you're now a preferred partner of Airbnb, and then there's uh, there's other players out there that are in the market. Airbnb did its IPO, so just you're you're constantly in an ever evolving um, space. Um, I'm gonna move on just to to jump onto our um, our topic for today. Um, Today, I want to talk about uh, niche markets, and that's something that you had suggested. Um, how about you open it up for us and, and, and sort of lead us into to what, what, do we, what do we mean about niche markets and why is it important right now? Very good, uh, good question. So in, uh, now that we've seen uh, uh, quite a lot of turbulence in the market over the years, um, what I do a large part of my time is I help our, our customers directly. I, I talk to them, I listen to their problems and trying to find solutions and I, I, I try to offer them advice uh, to, my, to my best knowledge. And um, what I, I, was, I was actually walking down the street one day and uh, I looked at a poster that was on a, on a light pole and that poster was advertising something that I found really interesting. It, uh, it essentially said, why don't you bring your dog? We, we got a shuttle bus, we got cottages here. Bring your dog and go out walking the trails. If you don't wanna take your dog with you, we, we can take care of the dog when you're, you're out hiking. And then when I checked up the company, it turns out that they actually had around 30 cottages that were all private places that were rented out on Airbnb. But in addition to that, they had found a new market. People who live downtown, Maybe they don't even have a car, but they want to go to the cottage, but it's difficult because they got dogs. But this ad spoke so directly to those. I don't have a dog myself, but if, it, if I did, I'm sure it would have spoken directly to me as well. But I could clearly see how, how people who, maybe a couple who doesn't have a car, they don't have kids, but they do have a dog. They want to go and spend a weekend out in the countryside hiking the trails. And I just thought, that's so amazing. And then I started thinking, where have I seen that in, in our business? And I, I realized that actually some of our most successful customers are doing exactly that. They're catering to a specific audience uh, without actually excluding others. And, um, and that's something that I always try to ask property managers, new property managers when, when I meet them is, what's your, what's your sweet spot? Who are you catering to? And, um, and a lot of them say, well, I, I rent out to whoever wants to travel. And that's, that's fine when you're in, in high demand. If you've got the best properties, it doesn't really matter who's renting them out. Um, but just like we could never build our business without knowing, knowing the property managers that we work with, um, I think it's very important for the property managers to know the guests. And, and what I found over the years is that many times property managers they don't even know the ideal guest because they never had anyone stay at their properties who were their ideal guest. But once they figure out the concept of attracting or marketing to niche markets, it opens up a floodgate. And, uh, and there's so many benefits to, to working with niche markets. Uh, one of them is returning customers because if you, if you find the right segment, they're not going to go looking at Airbnb. They're actually going to be back next year. 
Um, another one is, is satisfaction. They're so much easier. I mean, just imagine that that couple who goes with their, their dog hiking the trails. It doesn't really matter if, if your amenities are, are updated or, or whether they have a smooth check-in experience. As long as you deliver the two things that they came for, A, they can bring their dogs, and two, they can walk the trails. That's it. Much, much easier target audiences. And, um, and in addition to that, what we're seeing in the OTA space is that uh, if you want to start an OTA today or if you're starting one, the only real way that you can do it is by catering to a niche uh, audience or a specific audience. I think uh, Mr. B&B Mr. is perhaps the, the most well-known example of that, but there's, there's many different niches that, uh, and sites that advertise to these niches as well. But it's not something that the OTAs can do. Uh, it's something that every property manager can do. Yeah, I can't agree more with you. And if you look at our clients as well, it's exactly the same story as what you just said. The ones that are getting, actually, funnily enough, if you're getting the, the direct bookings, it's all through niche markets. It's all understanding a particular marketplace and leveraging into it and creating a product that nobody else can really touch. Or even if there are competitors doing the same thing, um, there's not as many. So you're sort of dif differentiating yourself through that niche market. Um, and I think the other operating thing that you said was uh, not at the exclusion of other people. So just because you're catering to a pet-friendly audience um, or, or people with pets, you don't need to exclude people that don't have pets. Um, just because you've got accessible accommodation doesn't mean that people that, that don't need accessible accommodation can't stay, um, that kind of thing. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. What I'd love to talk about are two things. So one thing is the different kind of niche markets that you think are out there that are hot right now. The other thing that we're going to talk about later on is the the cost and the investment of catering to niche markets because it's all good and well us sitting here going yeah go for a niche market and then you, you realize that you've spent so much time so much money investing in this uh pet friendly accommodation and then no, no one with the pet stays with you because you're in a, you you missed the mark and you're in the city or you just done something something just didn't gel um, with your audience. So those are the two areas I want to cover today, which I think would be incredibly valuable to the audience. So starting off, niche markets, um, you've kind of given us context as to why it's important and the, the some of the benefits of it. But I want to talk about specifically about different ones that are hot right now in 2021 and the 2022. All right. So uh, first of all, why, why is it important? I think one... Although, well, the, the concept of seasons uh, has changed with, with the travel patterns. We're seeing that uh, locations that typically have low seasons this year, people have traveled there because they couldn't travel anywhere else or their, the travel patterns have changed. But especially for niche markets, if you're going, uh, let's say, if you're going to a cottage with your dog, the, the weather or, or the, the time of the year is not the most relevant factor. The most relevant factor is, in fact, do you want to go right now and can you bring your dog? Uh, so that's one thing. You can increase the occupancy during, during down seasons. Um, another clear one is that uh, for many of these niches, people are used to paying a premium and they're willing to pay a premium. So you can, in fact, rent out the same properties uh, at a higher rate. Um, and as I mentioned before, uh, since the guests are happier uh, because you, you meet other needs than, than, let's say, your average guest wants. 
um, then you get better reviews and uh, and most importantly you get you get referrals so you can ask hey if you know anyone else who wants this same experience uh, then you can refer them to us and of course increasing uh, repeat bookings is uh, is another major benefit here um, because people who, who travel with certain needs especially if they're if they're needs based um, they have probably got disappointed many times in the in their lives, um, for especially when traveling. Um, and so, when they find a place they like, why would they take a gamble? They would come back to the same place. And especially if you got multiple properties that cater to that same niche, they might take another property from your portfolio. Um, now, I I looked into this and I, I was thinking, you know, which which niches are are really hot right now and. Uh, and I'd say the the number one thing that, that I'm seeing in the, the way properties are marketed is uh, some property managers have, have found, I think, what's the number one trend overall globally during the past year. No, it's not masks and vaccines. It's, uh, it's hobbies. A lot of people have started new hobbies because they have their patterns of lives have been disrupted one way or the other. And I can tell you in our in our company, I, I started baking bread, sourdough bread. I know it's <laughs> it's incredibly cliche because pretty much I think millions of people started doing that last year. Uh, my co-founder he started brewing beer, and not I'm not talking homebrew kits here, real uh, beer. And once again, something that millions have picked up. Um, so experience or hobby based uh, niches can be, for example. Uh, surfing, uh, wine tasting, fishing, uh, camping, that's a really strong trend right now is uh, uh, glamping and campsites or even cooking if you got a, got a good kitchen. And uh, something that always amazes me is how local property managers that are in a location known for something to the outside world. Let's say if you're in an area known for its wines. You shouldn't advertise your properties as properties. You should advertise them as wine experiences. It's it's really a no-brainer. But I also understand them because they live there their whole lives uh, in many cases. And to them, it's just their home. They don't understand that for, to the audience, it's, it's really a way to experience wine. I think surfing communities have the same thing. They might mention it in the name or oh, we're, we're a famous surf community, but they really should do is embrace that experience because there's a lot of people who have picked up uh, wine tasting or surfing over the last year and and that's really where you can make the the big wins um, when we talk about um, about things like glamping that's not something you can set up in a day you can't buy a cheap tent and set it up in the living room that <laughs> um, if you're already located in a in a surfers paradise or or a place with lakes, maybe canoeing or, or hiking, uh, then advertising that is a very cheap and low-cost option for you because you already have it. If you got beautiful mountain views, then then use the term hiking, call it the hiking paradise. That's it's a very very short bridge to I'm, to get I'm, to the other side. I'm gonna jump in because I think that if you and I think this might add value to what you've been saying, and I've never really thought of it as hobbies as such. And um, uh, I think that's a great way to get into people's minds and to say, all right, what, 
how do you start to think about um, niches? And there's different ways that there's different kind of niches, and and uh, you know we've talked about so many of them. And I think this one's a very hot one. Is that hobby sort of side of it? I think the one thing that's very important is that you're saying, okay, so focus on what you're popular for, but also you want to go back and get back into your avatar, so your your people as well, right? So you need to think about who's my traveler. Is it someone that's a, a couple? Are they young? Are they older? The kind of experiences and hobbies they're going to be doing is going to be based on their age, their demographic, how much money they've got in their pocket and that sort of thing. So when you're creating uh, the marketing and the branding and when you're putting together these uh, the, the right words on your listings to appeal to that audience, you need to think about not just, hey, we're great for surfing or, hey, we're great for foraging or for cooking. Right? You need to think about who it is who's going to be coming and cooking so that you, you, you figure out what they're going to be cooking. And you can have different categories. So you might say, you know what, I actually have half of my people are super young and half of them are, are, um, are retirees. So that's fine, but you do need to figure them out so that when you do speak to them, you're actually speaking to them based on, on, um, on their demographic and what their needs, uh, needs are. What are your thoughts on, on that? That's uh, that's very true. I actually I, I categorize these niches into three main categories. One is experience based, so that's the the hobbies and things you can do, and uh, and, and the second one is audience based, uh, and then there's one also that's property based. Um, the the audience based is is basically, and you can you can mix and match, and and you don't have to be exclusive. So let's say you target young surfers. It doesn't mean that you can't rent out the place to old surfers uh, because they're going to be looking for exactly the same thing that the young surfers are. Uh, but there's a couple of audiences that are fairly easy to cater to. Um, one of them, I think the, the, the easiest one is actually families because there's out of the entire population of the world, there's a large part of people who are part of a, of a family and, um, and catering to that audience can can be surprisingly simple but but there are are some basic needs you need to do for example if someone's coming with with kids you may want to make sure there's enough activities and uh i i remember i i rented a, a cottage um and we went there with with another family um the most fun we had all week nobody nobody enjoyed the beach nobody enjoyed the the beautiful house but what the kids really enjoyed was this one old game of uno and uh, and that's that I think is a perfect example of how how easy it can be to make your place family friendly, but of course making pet friendly, uh, LGBTQ and um, and accessible are other audience based uh, based niches, and um, and some of these require, let's say, a very small effort into marketing. Others require a lot more. So when you start exploring these, putting Putting some board games into into a place you already manage is is not a hard thing to do, and you you don't need to put the word family friendly to get people who enjoy that. Uh, you'll reap the fruits out of it anyway. But to make a place accessible and finding the audience for that is something that that obviously has a lot more more costs. But then there's um, also property based niches, and this is something that I see especially with with our. Uh, clients usually when they manage more than 50 properties 
they start to um, forget a bit about what makes each property unique. So, for example, one one common ex uh, thing that I notice is that they they if they have properties that are you know different sizes and different locations, different price ranges, um, they they seem to forget that there's a there's a whole audience out there who wants luxury and are willing to pay for it. But if you have a property that's just slightly bigger than another identical one, it might just be crossing the border of luxury. But the property manager doesn't realize it, so they're basically missing out by not pointing out that this is actually a luxurious experience staying here. Um, and and there's also um, one one is all inclusive. Uh, there's we we have some clients with uh, private islands, and I asked them what well, what is the what is the main request from your guests, and they say well. 99% will book and they ask, can you offer a chef? So we just offer it included in price, a full-time chef. And that's just one example of, of something that, that seems simple if you, if you get to know your guests and their needs. But if you miss out on that, you're going to miss out on a large part of the market. Uh, sports is another one that's, uh, that's really good, but it, it requires your property to, to be located. For example, if you're near a golf course, Having a golf cart is a, is a substantial benefit. And uh, if you're near trails, having bikes available is a substantial benefit. But once again, I mean, you can't, you can't uh, put a golf cart in the middle of the city if there's no golf courses around. So it's very, very much property based. Um, but there's a couple of different niches actually that I've seen. Some of them uh, are our partner companies that I find incredibly interesting um, and they're completely independent actually of who is staying and are completely independent of the property. Um, one of them is the length of stay and I think a lot of property managers over the year, the last year have learned this um, either the easy way or the hard way. Um, advertising a place for midterm stays or for longer stays um, work Remote working places, for example, or even staycations um, can can be incredibly rewarding because you might find a completely different audience that's willing to give you a lot less work but still give you the same amount of money. Um, another one um, that might be a bit location-specific, but for example, hosting events. There's so many, so many vacation rentals where they don't allow events. But if you have a way of controlling that and a way of and a, and a property that it makes sense for, that can be a substantial revenue stream. For example, hosting, uh, hosting for weddings, um, or if you've got multiple properties, you can you can cater to the audience who are looking for for wedding getaways. Um, number of people is is another niche, and um, actually one. Uh, well, this may be specific here in Canada, but one, one niche that's, uh, that's growing is uh, where you can go and, and smoke weed. There's even, even websites that only rent out uh, 420 friendly places because the demand is so, so big. So I find that niche super inter interesting, the, the one of going and smoking weed and, and cannabis and it's a sort of growing space. It's so controversial as well. So you've got that kind of uh, wave in some countries, it's more controversial, some countries less. Weed is still illegal here in Australia, kind of legal in, in spots, but in, in different um, uh, 
different capacities. But um, that's one that I'm going to watch. I'm kind of curious as to see what kind of guest comes out of that and what kind of expectations you're setting by saying, hey, come here and consume. It's kind of like saying, hey, come here and drink beer. Like you would still do whiskey tours and wine tours, so it completely makes sense to me. Um, but finding the right avatar and who your guest is going to be will be interesting. What will actually come out of that or whether it just becomes these big party houses at the end of the day. Um, I love those different niches. Um, I, I think, were there any other that you wanted to touch on quickly before we move into the last part of this, um, this podcast, which I think is important, which is the, the cost of doing it. Were there any other niches that we had missed or anything that you wanted to wrap up on, on that topic? Yeah, I think there's there's an endless amount of them, uh, but I think also um, before even starting to look into that as a property manager, I think it's a good idea to look around. Just talk to talk to your guests, ask them what what are they doing. But before you you jump to any conclusions, go out and look what's available. It could be if you live, let's take surfing as a good example here. If you live in a surf town and you got your properties there. Maybe all your competition is already catering to surfers. And in that case, it doesn't, doesn't make any difference to you at all. So, so keep in mind that there's, you're, you're running a two-sided marketplace. You've got the properties, but you also have the guests. But just because you find a good niche or you identify a need in the market, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a good business, which I think brings us to your, your next question. Yeah, that's right. So when we... When we talk about catering to a niche so there's different things that we can do so we can go and we can adjust our listing on airbnb we can change our property we can go and invest time and money in creating partnerships with local businesses if we only have one property then in a certain location then you can spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money investing into sort of catering to a niche but then you find that your profitability just doesn't really it doesn't move the needle enough for all that time and effort invested in catering to a niche do you have any thoughts about understanding the numbers behind the effort required? Because I know for a lot of people, it's just, hey, get property, pop it on Airbnb and the other channels now because it's through a channel manager like yours, really nice and easy, and let's go and get the next one, which is actually quite a profitable um, exercise regardless, right? And that's how people get to 30, 40, 50 properties. Why would you? Why would you bother going, you know, uh, or when do you know that the math is correct? And how do you start to figure that out? If you're listening to this, you're like, you know what, what they're talking about makes a lot of sense, but you know what, I'm just going to pick up some more properties. How do you figure it out? Well, the, the numbers behind it are, are, are super simple. A lot of the costs in life, but also for, for a business, uh, for a property manager are fixed. Every month you got to eat, you got to pay rent, you got to pay the phone bill. You have fixed costs, but uh, but the money that comes in is transactional. No matter what your business model, basically the more business you have, the more money comes in. And, and what that means is that um, that you know if you're operating on thin margins, you only need a small increase in income to make a huge difference to the profitability. And um, and that's where where trying different approaches such as uh, catering to niche markets can make a make a huge difference if you if you ever read uh read a pitch deck by a property manager looking for vc capital you can see that they they got um well their profitability is is going to be negative and then suddenly there's massive profits it's it's never a smooth transition and that's that's because the margins are so thin and basically every additional revenue that you make 
is going to go into your pocket uh, in the terms of, uh, of more profitability. So I think that part of the numbers makes sense, but um, and, and that can be achieved primarily in two ways. One is increasing the occupancy, so having higher occupancy in low seasons, uh, getting return uh, customers. Another way of doing it is, is of course, by the increased uh, prices or even selling additional services. Maybe you rent out surfboards in your surfing place. Maybe you, you organize the wine tours uh, or at least get a referral from the wineries uh, for sending, sending them customers. Um, but when it comes to the actual investments that you need to make into this, it doesn't have to take a lot of money at all. Um, it's it's mostly I think a men mental exercise. Do you do you want do you want to truly focus on the guests, and do you want to try to find out something? And the most successful examples that I've seen in this, they're they're always they they didn't do this scientifically. They always stumbled upon it. So for example, I I spoke to a property manager that was focused that that their brand was pet friendly, um, and I I found them online and I gave them a call. Well, they, their, their entire life has been around dogs. That's what they've been doing. They're a married couple and they've been running this business. And it was clear from the start when they started business that it's, it's going to be, they have to get the dogs involved. And that was their way of doing it. But it turns out that they get on average 20% higher nightly rates than anyone else in the area for similar properties. Um, and that's not coincidence. That's exactly those factors that I spoke about earlier, but they didn't have to spend a lot of time researching it because for them it was more of a lifestyle choice than, than a business decision. But for those who are looking to make it as a business decision, I'd say start, start really simple. Um, and this, of course, if you're managing one property in a very specific location, this might be hard to do. Uh, but you, if you have a, have a location with a variety of people coming in, uh, it might be surprisingly simple. Just ask your, your guests, get to know them a little bit, get a, get a chance to chat to them and, and see, is there, is there something here that you could improve for them? For example, if they, if they have kids, then ask them, did the kids enjoy it? And what could we do to make it a more enjoyable experience? Um, if they say it already is, well, then you have a good fit, but... If you, if you get an honest conversation going, they'll probably say, well, you know, a few board games could be nice uh, for a rainy day. And, and it's, it can be that simple. And if it's not your property, then tell the owner, hey, you know what? You're going to have to get some, some activity here because we have some rainy days every now and then. Um, and then the next step is something that doesn't take a lot of time at all. You said it yourself, change the descriptions. Add, add the relevant keywords there. Um, but, but do keep in mind, you don't, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to change your main income driver. Even you can, you can do it on your social media account. You can, you can even start by, by giving discounts to people who, who belong to this audience. Hey, we get, do you have a, a family? Are you coming to stay? We give 15% uh, off for families and then see, is anyone picking up on the offer? Cause then, you know, you have a market. Then when you know you have a market, then that's when you can actually start marketing it. Because there's no point in marketing something that there's no market for. And sometimes you need to kickstart it a bit. But that's something that, uh, that shouldn't, shouldn't cost a lot of money uh, compared to, let's say, turning 
turning your backyard into a glamping hub um, <laughs> or, or I don't know, setting up your place for, for uh, cooking, uh, having the, the, an industrial kitchen in a, in a cottage might be quite expensive. Um, but just, just start with the, the audience-based or the experience-based. So look at the, the people who could attract and, and look at also what do they like doing. Is there something you can do to help them with their hobbies? If they like fishing, is there, and you're in a location where fishing is good, is there something you can do in the photos? Is there something you can do in the description? Is there something you can do to make people who are looking for a nice place to go fish to, to actually convert? whether it's on your own website or, or through referrals or, or social media or through the OTAs. And that's I something that, that is more of a thinking exercise than a, than a money exercise. Yeah, and I think that that sort of ties in really well with, you know, when you're looking at marketing and sales, you can ask the questions before you go and create the product. So you can actually go out, you can ask your people, you can pick up the phone speak to a previous guest, you can send out, send out an email, send out an SMS, you can talk to people and just see whether what you're thinking is going to work is going to work and you're thinking and you're getting into their shoes, which is the important part. But Marcus, what I'm afraid of is that we are at the end of our episode, we've been talking for a little while. Um, and I think we've been giving so many little nuggets here and there that uh, I don't want the audience to be overwhelmed. I want them to be able to go out there and take this uh, information and implement the bits which are relevant to their particular business. It's incredibly important that not only do you listen to the show, but you actually take some away and start implementing parts and start to, uh, to do it in your particular business. Now, um, uh, I want to thank you for taking your time. Um, I know that you're incredibly busy. I know that you're going to be traveling over to the UK uh, soon to um, attend different events over there. Um, so thank you so much for spending your time with us, for, for um, talking to our community. Um, I do appreciate it. Now, is there anything that the community can do for you? Uh, yes, thank you very much for having me. I could just give one final tip. If you don't want to do the, the complex stuff that eventually leads you to, to greater profitability, just do it the other way around. Take five minutes right now and go out and look in your area who is making the most money and then look at their advertising maybe maybe the niche is right there maybe they're they're making more money because they identified a niche and you can just copy that 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 will save you all the other exercise that i i just gave you how do you find out um, who's making the most amount of money you can't you can't leave oh, us with that and not tell us how <laughs> good good question um, for, for small locations, it, it might be super simple. Uh, just, just look at the calendar on Airbnb, see the nightly rates, uh, look at their reviews. If they got a lot of reviews, it means they have a lot of people who stayed. If the calendars are full, that means that they're, they're staying. Um, a good start is, is check out next weekend or next high season and, and sort by most expensive or filter to the most expensive. See why are they more expensive? Are they actually better properties or is it perhaps that they're catering to a certain audience that, uh, that nobody else has thought of? Um, it might even be a combination of that. Um, now, what I'd like, uh, like to ask uh, from the community is uh, please reach out to me. I'd like to, to get to know you. Um, I think the easiest way if, is if you open Google and type in uh, LinkedIn, Marcus, Hostaway, and you should, you should find me. I hope I'm, I'm number one there in the search results. Uh, it would be great to hear your story and uh, 
if there's anything I can do in an introduction to, to someone, um, I'm always here to help whether you're our, our customer or not. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And folks, as usual, um, everything will be in the show notes. So the links to reach out to Marcus and his team. Um, uh, so you'll be able to refer to that. Um, I'm not sure if they'll throw in some sort of a promo code as well for you to be able to join, uh, join HostAway. Um, but that's not the priority today, but definitely look into it if you are interested. And uh, as always, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a like, give us your feedback, comment on the show. It really helps us grow the show and enables us to bring uh, amazing guests to the show and give you lots of knowledge. Uh, thank you once again, Marcus. I really appreciate it. I really do. Um, and I'm looking forward to speaking again soon. Thank you very much for having me. See you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can find us at theaccommodationshow.com where you can find all the show notes, links to resources we have talked about and transcripts from the show. I really do appreciate you listening. And if you'd like to support the show, then please subscribe, leave a comment and share it with others. Thank you.